0: This is Dimitri Martin talking, and you're hearing my advice on and in relation to
1: showbizmonkeys.com I mean no consequence when you with the. I'm personally really excited uh, that you're heading out on tour across Western Canada. What are you looking forward to on the tour?
0: I'm looking forward to, I guess, maybe three things. One, trying out a bunch of the new material I've written. Mm-hmm. Two, touring with the other comedians, because I don't often tour with that many people. So it should be fun. We're all going to travel together, I'm assuming. So that should be fun. Um, I like all the comedians who are um, doing the shows with John Dor, Levi McDougal, and Todd Glass. So that should be cool. And um, finally, just going to some cities I haven't been to before. Um, I, haven't, I haven't been to Winnipeg, and I've not been to Kelowna. I haven't been there. there. There are a few others. You mentioned
1: one of the things you're looking forward to is working on new materials, or working it out, kind of. Uh, yeah. Is is that material uh, planned for you know a new special sometime in the near future?
0: Yeah, I'm hoping in the spring I'll shoot a new special and record another stand-up album. And then hopefully that'll go well. You know, I do mostly shorter jokes, so it's I need to kind of have a pile of jokes <laughs> ready to go to get the thing to work. And every crowd's a little different, so, you know, depending on how many shows I get to do before I shoot something, um, that gives me a sense of how which ones I should gamble on. Because, yeah, I don't know, some nights I think, oh, cool, that joke works. And then a couple nights later, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> something happened the joke doesn't work anymore or this crowd doesn't like me I don't know what's going on here so I I think I need to get back to like you know taping my shows I used to record my shows and but then I'd never listen to it because I don't want to hear it <laughs> so um, I try to remember and a lot of the jokes I write them you know they're written out so I know the words but a good number of them you know I kind of write them on stage or it change things a little bit, and just the way it comes out, that's the way it worked that night, so I try to remember. I know these are obviously
1: big theater shows, but uh, at this stage, are you still uh, getting out to open mics and smaller shows just to work on that material? Yeah, yeah.
0: Whether I'm in L.A. or New York, I, I try to hit a lot of those rooms, which is really fun, and you can really experiment and just try stuff because the stakes are really low.
1: For sure. Now I've been I've been following your career for quite a while. Uh, I think the first time I saw you was you did a really really old episode of Last Call with Carson Daly uh, when he was still shooting out of I think the SNL studios.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, there was like no YouTube, YouTube wasn't big yet or anything. So yeah, yeah, I remember doing those spots and they they came and went, which was kind of nice. Um. Now
1: uh, over the years, uh, obviously you're known for a particular style. You mentioned before you have shorter jokes and things like that. But have you noticed your your style kind of develop and grow?
0: A little bit, yeah. The, the The way I started was doing short sets around New York, wherever I could get up, and some comedy clubs. But a lot of the rooms were, you know, what they called the alternative rooms. Mm-hmm. And I would do my ten minute or fifteen or seven minute set, just do as many jokes as I could in the time that I had. But then I started to experiment with you know, drawings or playing some music or different kinds of storytelling devices or whatever I was doing. And then when I started to headline, it was nice because I could put a lot of my chunks of material together into an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. Eventually doing a theater, especially if I didn't bring an opener, I would do 90 minutes. So what I found was I could stand up there and, and tell, you know, an hour and 15 minutes of jokes, or I could mix it up and do 15 or 20 minutes of jokes and then you know 7 or 10 minutes of jokes with drawings and then back to jokes and tell a story and then do a little guitar bit or something and it and it gave the show an arc and gave it almost little acts or segments each having a beginning middle and end so yeah it made me cognizant of like a larger structure and then that led around the same time to doing scripted Narrative, let's call them one-man shows, that I did mostly in Edinburgh at the French Festival, Scotland, and I did in Australia and Melbourne. And you do 28 or 30 shows. Yeah. And you just do the same show every night at the same time. Um, but at the same time, my first love really is just doing a looser show that has this, this spine of jokes to it. But I also have the freedom to improvise or go off in a different direction or tell a story if it pops into my head or something. So, um yeah, that's that's where I'm at now. And for touring, especially, it's nice to have that that looseness and freedom and to be writing while you're touring and developing stuff while you're on the road. It's nice,
1: yeah, I guess if you're I mean, if you're doing feature sets, um, even if you're not able to get to open mics all the time because you've got all this material that you know works you can throw in some new stuff in between it, and if it doesn't happen to work, you've got something else that you know is solid right afterwards.
0: Yeah, it's it's usually like having these parachutes. Like, if I get into trouble, I'll have a way to save myself before I hit the ground.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I want to talk briefly about uh, some of your television work, because even though I discovered your your stand-up first, uh, obviously uh, you did some great stuff on TV first with uh, uh, The Daily Show. Yeah. As the youth correspondent, I think you were m- most of the time called. Yeah. Um, they they seemed more than any other cast member or writer that they've had, they they kind of allowed you to kind of do your own thing there. Was that uh, your request, or did they just
0: see that you had this unique idea and they wanted you to run with it? I was happy to have that opportunity. They brought me in and said, hey, we think maybe you could do something on the show. And I said, uh, yeah, of course, Uh, I was excited, but I also, I can't remember how I said it, but I said, basically, are you sure you have the right guy? Because I don't really do topical stuff. I'm not very (laughs) politically oriented. And they said, no, no, we want to have, you know, different voices here. And, you know, if you can pitch us something that'll fit with the show, you know, we'll give it a shot. So I came back a week later and I pitched them four or five ideas for kind of an ongoing segment or character. And... It was like a trend spotter, a youth correspondent, and another one. You know, I can't remember what the other ones were. Maybe there's some sort of investigative reporter thing, and they said, "You know what? Like the trend youth thing, like let's combine those two. Like we uh-huh. like that." And um, that was, I guess, related enough to what they do that they found space for me in the show. So I was, I was grateful because I can do political humor and I you know I can do that kind of stuff if, if that's what the job calls for but I'm not really drawn to it I like things that are a little less relevant so the youth correspondent was kind of a nice middle ground between the two
1: yeah I, th- I think it definitely worked uh, for for audiences uh, yeah and and I guess it worked for you because if I recall the timing it you went right from there to getting the comedy central deal for important things yeah, it was pretty much around that time. That was a, a show that, in my and several, several other people's opinions, uh, ended a little too soon. Yeah. I don't know if you were fine with that at the time, or if you were hoping to be able to do a little bit more with that.
0: Yeah, I was kind of ambivalent. After the first season, I it was too hard. I made the show too difficult, given the amount of time and money that we had. I just tried to cram so much into the show, and it was exhausting. And uh-huh. I, after the first season, I thought I, I don't think I need to do this again. I'm, I'm not a sketch comedy guy, but I got to practice acting and doing sketches and being in scenes. So cool, thank you. And I was ready to move on. And then I got picked up for the second season. And my my agent said, "Oh, you have to. If you get picked up, you have to do it. You can't <laughs> just blow it." You know? I said okay. So then I moved the show to California because I thought it might be easier to produce it in California, and it was. I still made it hard for myself, but California was easier to get locations, the weather, you know, it, it's the whole thing was a lot easier than trying to do it in New York. And so halfway through the second season or somewhere around there, I felt like, okay, I, I, I get what this show is. Like I could do another season of this, <laughs> but I was still really tired. And it was like hard to keep my stand up act growing while I was doing the show. Mm-hmm. And then we got canceled. So it was all a moot points. So I was like, okay, well, I guess then we're done. Yeah. And, um, Then after a couple of years, I I remember thinking, yeah, it would have been nice to do three seasons just to have a little bit more of that work there, you know? But I certainly was relieved to to not have to worry about coming up with... Because I made it hard having... Even though they were kind of loosely related, the sketches were still supposed to be kind of all on a specific topic. Yeah. You know, for each episode, more or less. So there was like this weird constraint. So it wasn't just about coming up with material to fill each episode. It was like, well, is that really related enough you know it was like i just made it harder for myself
1: <laughs> but as an as an audience member the the connections were were kind of cool yeah i think it was a cool thing yeah i'm i'm glad i did it the other thing that i found really interesting out of that uh that show is you had a couple people working well you had lots of great people working on the show but uh you had john benjamin and nathan fielder yeah uh working and then right after your show john benjamin got his show with nathan fielder on it yeah they met on my show and then they eventually just gave nathan his own show yeah so your your show kind of bred this comedy
0: central behemoth yeah i feel like kind of grateful about being part of that um that those guys who are obviously very funny guys and do mm. their own thing um it was cool that i got to have them on my show and that um you know they worked together and then hit it off
1: well enough you you mentioned being able to kind of work on your acting with important things and kind of experiment more, even though you weren't a sketch comedian. But a little before then, and certainly after then, you've done uh, quite a bit of acting, whether it's bit parts or obviously lengthier parts like taking Woodstock, which yeah. uh, I thought was really, really good. Hey. Do you uh, want to delve more into dramatic or semi dramatic roles like that? Is that something you want to continue to do?
0: Yeah, if I, if I get opportunities, I enjoy it and it's a nice challenge and it teaches me a lot about storytelling, and I guess coming at things from a different angle, you know, from a different side of it. I still love jokes, and I spend a lot of my time daydreaming and writing down those kinds of ideas, trying to write short stories and writing films and acting in something that I wrote, or if I get cast in someone else's thing, it's nice. And also, you know, after you've been touring a while, sometimes it is nice to fantasize about making a living without traveling. Mm -hmm. Think, oh, Really nice to just <laughs> sleep in my own bed and have a regular routine, and actually have friends I can see pretty regularly, and then go to my job and go work on a show. So some of my friends who end up on a series or something, I can see what's nice about it, you know, lifestyle-wise. But um, nothing too much that would take me away from stand-up. You still, you still consider
1: yourself a stand-up through and through.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Showbizmonkeys.com.